Hello, this is Terry. Terry, it's Joey Jungola. What's up, Joey? How are you doing, my friend? Good. How are you doing, sir? Thank you for taking the time. Really, really mean that. This is insurance in your own words from the people who are living and breathing it every day and are struggling to figure out where this industry is going and what they need to do to stay ahead. Hosted by me, Joey Jungola. Let's get into it. I'm with you. I'm with you. So a corollary to that, when I start putting this stuff out, now granted, it's on my blog, but I heard you, I heard you in, a, in one of your podcasts talk about writing content for your existing client base versus your non-existing. And part of my fear is, okay, I've got all these clients now liking my Facebook and clicking on that are stuff that I, I put up. And, you know, here I am also pivoting in their mind and I'm like, tech, 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 tech. Any, any concern about driving away current client base on that? Or is that like, shouldn't worry about that? That was a nice recovery, Terry. And the second ever censorship award goes to you, my friend. That was my good buddy, Terry Greer at Strive Insurance down in Austin, Texas. And Terry's talking about one of my favorite things. And no, I don't think it's something that you should be concerned about. And this is the, I've had this conversation. We've done this on this show. I want to say once or twice before I cannot remember the episode. If anybody wants to tell me, feel free. But the idea that we're going to create content for our existing clients or letting our existing clients dictate the kind of content we create in the future is a little silly. I'm going to be honest. And it's not a terrible idea, right? It feels safe initially, right? It feels like this is like the first idea everybody has is, oh, I'm going to write this thing because, because everybody I already have insured has this problem and then they must need help with it. But the problem is, is when you deal with the problems that people have once they're already insured, then that's all you're talking to, right? Is, is you're talking to existing clients. You're not talking about the problems that people have before they become a client. Now we could argue that those are one and the same and where does a, you know, a perfect circle really start and end sort of thing. I get that. So just hold on. Uh, but the idea that somehow it feels safer to write for existing clients versus writing for new people, I don't know what it is about it that actually has agents you know considering the, the 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 you know that as a as a kind of initial strategy as a as a dabbling as a dipping of the toe into the content waters but really quick terry just to be sure we're talking about like posting your these blog articles these new blog articles you're writing onto facebook and and onto those social channels and how that might play with your current clients is that correct yeah 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 all right, good. I just wanted to be clear because here's the thing, right? I I would classify myself, and I'm I'm trying. I've made a I made a bit of a resolution over the last couple of weeks to try and be better at this. But I'm I'm not. I'm a I'm a very unsocial media social agent person that talks about this kind of stuff, right? It's not my thing. Um, it's not where I generate a lot of my business and leads from. Um, but one, you know, thinking that if you're posting. Again, in Terry's case, he wants to focus on technology companies and have a commercial focus and, and create content for those businesses. And he's concerned how his personal lines clients might see that if he's posting it to his Facebook page all the time and how they might react to it. One, Terry, I love you. However, you're giving yourself and your social media channels way too much credit, right? I mean, when was the last time you stocked your insurance agent's Facebook page often enough to say, man, that's, uh, that's like the third article Terry's written on tech 
companies and I'm starting to get offended that he's not writing about me and my misadventures with my cat, right? Like that's, there's just not a thing, right? Maybe it is, maybe it's not, but I don't, <laughs> let's put it this way. Even if somebody notices it, it's going to take a lot for them to say, well, maybe this isn't the guy for me. And at the end of the day too, if we're being really honest with each other, uh, the, 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 the point of the matter is that if you are successfully developing this niche and you no longer want to cater to a certain client, then if they see it and they do get offended, okay, or offended is a strong word, but they feel like they need to go elsewhere, okay, do you really, do you, are you going to need that client hanging around? And even if you still want to keep a diverse book of business, let's say one out of every 20 people, personalized clients sees it and says, ah, you know what, I'm out of here. Are you not going to bring in twice as much you know, niche focused commercial business that's going to take care of that, uh, that one personalized client that said, Hey, you know what, Terry, I cannot, my eyes will not be able to handle looking at another tech blog post. I'm, again, I'm exaggerating here for, for entertainment purposes. I'm not picking on Terry. Um, that's, that's the point, right? And, and the other problem is, is that with social media in general and why, again, I'm just not a huge fan of it, uh, as far as promoting content and things like that, or, 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 Um, Let me put it this way. Unless you're paying and you have some really good campaigns targeted that are, you know, set to run for, you know, extended periods of time. uh, Again, just that's a hamster wheel of death that I never really want to run on because it's just you have to recreate it every day. Um, And it's just not my thing. Right. For now, there's something else that's really a lot more sticky. Gotcha. You're all search driven. In other words, what you're saying. Yeah, I guess I am, Terry. You got me. And um, I don't like to beat a dead horse or sound like a broken record, but I'm just going with what has worked for me personally. And I find that search is a lot more effective and efficient uh, for the content that you create, um, specifically for insurance, right? We want the critical point of impact, meaning somebody has a problem, they're looking for a solution and you want to be able to deliver your message and education and that information exactly at that moment. And that's when businesses one trust is gained at that point, right? Somebody searches, they have a problem and you're able to solve it. Social is more of a, hey, I'm just scrolling through my Facebook feed. I see this thing. Oh yeah, I might need that, you know, six months from now. And then are you gonna be there three months from now to remind them that they're gonna need it from you in six months? And then are you gonna be there at six months? Now all of this stuff is, yes, you can do these things. It's just personally not my strength. There are people that do it. There are people that are really great at it. I would I would suggest that you go, you know, listen to some of their tech techniques and tactics and all that good stuff. Cause definitely I don't like to, I don't like to speak out of turn and I would definitely be speaking out of turn. Um, but again, back to the idea that we kind of got off on a, I don't know how we got to this point, but we are here anyways, but really we were talking about, should you create, you know, content for your existing clients? And I would say it depends, right? How is it going to be deployed? How are you going to develop it? And Jason did a podcast with Billy Williams um, several months ago, and he he had a pretty radical take, well, not radical, but I mean, he had, a, he had a take on that concept that kind of blew my mind. That dude's got some serious results. So I would go listen to that podcast. It's titled uh, How to Make $100,000 Your First Year as an Agent. And that dude knows what he's talking about. So uh, there's probably some truth to be had there. It just depends on your focus and how it works with everything else, right? Um, It's not just, should I create content or what about my existing clients and the content that I'm going to create? 
much like when you're getting ready to publish your first blog post, you know, you think the whole world's going to stop and look at it and read it and watch the video or whatever it is. Uh, again, once you start creating different types of content, nobody is really going to pay that much attention to it. Um, let's put it this way. You know, again, back to the, my personal experience. Um, once I've converted somebody from a lead online, once they've discovered who I am, once they've read through, watch videos or whatever, rarely do they go back and just check the blog. I've got some of my, you know, loyal clients that like to just check regularly to see what's going on and they'll read the stuff that I, you know, put up there. Um, but that's not to say that they're, they're going to be offended. You know, most people, they get the information that they want just to validate if they should work with you or not. It's great if they want to keep, you know, educating themselves through that because it makes your job easier. Um, and that's not to say that you can't, you know, toss them a bone every now and then if you are really concerned about it, but it's just something that, um, the only question you'd have to ask yourself is, is I'm just throwing, I'm really thinking through this for the first time because I, I, I'm just telling you, I never give it a single thought. Granted, now I haven't, I haven't did, I haven't kind of veered from, you know, being a personal lines agent, maybe like what Terry's focusing on to being a, you know, very specific niche commercial agent. Um, but you know, I've never thought of, Hey, should I write this? Most of the time, the stuff that I do write is going to relate to my existing client base. But again, at the same time, I know how much my existing client base never really goes back and cares about the stuff that I'm writing new. Right. I mean, some people say, yeah, I read that most of the time they've read it because I've emailed it to them. Now that's a different story entirely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. And I thought about that as you're saying that, and I agree with you. The email list is different. Now we will get yourself into quite a bit of trouble is if you are blasting your personal lines clients with your commercial client content or prospecting or your, you know, your, your niche focused commercial content. No, absolutely. Please do not collect $200 in Pasco or Pasco and collect $200. However you say that. Don't do that, right? Like 100%, never, ever, please don't. Because you should have your email marketing program locked down for doing that. Because that's where you will upset people. If you're sending them email after email after email about, hey, did you read my new blog post about tech-based uh, companies looking for insurance to your you know, Aunt Nancy? I don't know why you would insure your Aunt Nancy. But again, whoever you're going to insure on the personal side of things, not a smart thing to do. That's the only exception that I will make to this creating content, right? Do not notify them. Do not alert them via email. That will matter. So you're going to need to segment your lists, right? So it's your, you need your, again, personal lines list, who has what types of coverage, who has potentials to be other lines of coverage, right? Like, so segment the lists. As simple as personal and commercial, that's good enough. I mean, take it as far as you want. Segmented by insurance companies, segmented by whatever, home, auto, life, health, annuities, like, you know, whatever, make your own segmentations, however you see, see fit, but please don't, don't, uh, ever, um, ever, ever, ever send an email to a personal client about commercial insurance, unless you know for sure that they have a tech based business focus in the area you want to insure it. That's it. And that along with, you know, I, I can, I can understand this being concerned because again, it can be overwhelming. You know, you're trying to figure out what to create. But there is a lot of, we'll say, 
questionable, possibly misleading. Bad's a strong word. I think it's just, you know, the impl- um, English language is failing me today. Um, the implementation, that's what we're going for. Got it. Uh, the implementation of said advice is really the problem, right? And where we tend to listen to some people that don't necessarily um, know how to apply it to the industry or more or less we're not thinking from our customer's perspective on the best way to possibly you know, gain this attention and be as helpful as possible. Okay, well, let me ask you, since you have got some good insight there, because I am a student of Gary Vee, mainly for the hard work and the hustle, and, and he does have good messages from a just do it, put stuff out there. What have you thought about as far as the negative? Like you said, it's a very dangerous thing. What are, what are some strategies that he's saying to deploy that you think do not translate or would not translate well into, into insurance? All right, so I'm, let's call this the Gary Vee effect. For lack of imagination, why not? But the, you see somebody that is prolific even at creating content and it sucks you in and you're enamored by it and you think, oh, let me do this because I'm enamored by it. And here's where we here's where we kind of forget. Even like what I'm doing right now for you, you listening to this podcast, if we're going to get very meta here and just step out, whoa, it's like somebody sucking you right out of the podcast. This thing right now, terrible idea in my opinion for insurance marketing, right? I would never do this for insurance. Why? Because getting in the head of the consumer that I want to help, insurance is an immediate kind of need. It's a solution that they want handled pretty quickly. It's not something that they want to constantly inundate themselves with. They don't always want to be apprised of the latest ongoings of their tech commercial policy, not using Terry as a negative example, but you know what I'm saying, right? Like they don't care for the most part. Yeah, there are going to be times throughout the year there might be some necessary updating that, hey, just in case, check under the hood so this thing doesn't go bad sort of thing that you might need to tell them. But overall, they want to buy it. They want to not have to use it. And they just want you to handle it when renewal comes up and make sure that they're paying a halfway decent rate and they don't want it. They want to do as little work as possible, right? That's the mind space where people like Gary Vaynerchuk and, um, you know, Seth Godin and Chris Brogan. And even if you're listening to this podcast, the reason that you follow those people and you listen to these things and you consume that content is because you have a repeated interest, a constant interest in improving your business and improving your agency or improving your life or getting better at exercise, improving your habits there or nutrition. These are why those are daily activities. Those are things that constantly need improved. Your insurance does not constantly need improved. Podcasting is a method that is focused on consistency and habits and listening much like you would to a a talk radio show in the morning. You're just doing it because it's part of your day. It's part of your routine. So if you're listening to this in the morning, good morning. How are you? I hope that you have a pretty tolerable day. I'm not going to say great because I don't want to set the expectation too high and just not meet it because I have no control over it really other than the 15 minutes that we spend together every morning. But either way, good morning and uh, glad that you're listening. But the point is, is that that is why that is, I think, successful is understanding how people need to consume the content. And the only way that you're going to get on insurance is to go slightly off topic. And this is why I've, I've talked to a couple agents over the last couple of weeks. I actually just talked to one this morning, talked to another guy a couple of weeks, maybe a week ago, um, about some different ideas focused on, you know, bringing in personal aspects to the content creation and, and, and talking about hobbies and interests. And this is all centered around the Gary Vee effect, if you will, and, and creating content in, in the right places for the right people at the right time. 
Just please know, please, please, please know who you're creating the content for and what objective you're hoping it to succeed or achieve. That's better. That's the right word. What objective you're hoping the content will achieve? Because if you don't, then again, you've got a misalignment on a couple different things and then you're just going to have created all this content. Nobody's going to care about it. You're not going to get business. You're not going to get results. And everyone's just going to be sad in general. And that's why, you know, it's, it's dangerous to take the advice of, of people that or, or, or look at what they're doing, right? You want to always look at what everybody's doing from the lens of let's dissect this from a marketing standpoint, understand why they're doing it, how it could be applicable. Um, again, another way to look at this, just to be perfectly clear, um, not that I'm all that clear myself, but this is the way that I view it, right? You're blogging for, or you're creating content to, again, solve a problem or to, you know, you know, help somebody at a, again, that critical point of impact. A lot of this other stuff is more focused on, on just being interesting enough for ever, right? Again, it's more top of mind. It's just a new, this is a stretch, bear with me, a new type of advertising, right? Because it's just, Hey, I'm keeping you in front of me. I'm being, I'm providing value on a consistent basis. And it's not advertising, right? But again, this podcast provides hopefully, otherwise I don't know what you're doing value on a consistent enough basis that at some point in time, there might be an opportunity for you to do business with, with us potentially, right? Or for whatever, take whatever action it is that we hope that you might take at the time that we might need you to take it. And that's why we kind of want to have you at the ready. And with insurance, you usually have to take a, a step or two away from insurance and then find your way back. It can work. I'm not saying it can't. It's just a little bit more work when you when you go a step or two away from insurance and you focus on, on topics that people are interested in on a consistent year-round basis then you got to work your way back. And are you actually an authority or an expert in those fields? And do you know the, the path to, to lead them back to being a customer? Um, this is a deeper topic. I, I don't know for some reason I'm feeling very disjointed on this right now. Terry just really screwed me up. He starts cussing at the beginning of the show and I don't know what to do with myself. Uh, that's what happens when you have somebody from Texas on the show. I think, I think that's probably what happens, but at the end of the day, don't use your clients as an excuse to either create content for them as a safety net or to not create content for the people that you want to eventually do business with because they're not the ones that are gonna bring you that business when you actually need it. All right, so I was talking to an agent this morning that will be featured here in a future podcast uh, down the road, and uh, they basically informed me that they always know the answer. Uh, they listen to the podcast. They always know the answer to these little questions that I toss out, but they never tell me. And basically what I took away from that was my implication was is that um, they're much more successful at life than me, and they wanted me to continue suffering being bad at life. That's kind of what I took away from it. And it's probably right because I agree with that assessment of the person that I was speaking with. So um, really no harm, no foul, but I, I'm going to, the gauntlet has been thrown down. I think that's you throw gauntlets down. Uh, I got this one and I got to know, this is more on the sense of if I'm crazy or not. And uh, I have to say from a, you know, living in a suburb between Akron and Cleveland, um, Target, let's talk about Target parking for a second. And is it just me or is there an ungodly, unnecessary amount of space all encompassing the doors, right? Like I feel like it's a, it's a physical challenge to figure out where to park at Target. I feel like there's way too much extra space just hanging out and I'm always parking like somewhere far away. I just feel like it's on purpose. I almost avoid going to Target sometimes because it stresses me out trying to think 
Like, why can't I park closer? Not that I'm opposed to physical activity and, and walking. That's not a bad thing. I just, I find it annoying that they're preventing me from getting into the store faster. I don't get it. Like, there's just, I feel like, just put a park right there. I mean, mine's well. Give me a slide or something for my kids to, to play on. Do something more. I just feel like there's just unnecessary space. You go to look to park, and like, wait, I can't park there. I can't park there. And you're like 100 feet away. Or uh, that's not that far. Like 100 yards. That's probably further. Okay. So there. Solve that one. Does anybody else notice that? Am I crazy? Am I the only one that thinks like Target just has issues with their parking space? Anybody? All right. Joyagirlprogram.com if you want to tell me how much better at life you are than me. I would love to hear it. Uh, because that's why, I, that's why I do this. I just need help, right? I'm looking for help from you. So if you've got anything on target parking or any other things that you have think you've solved for me, joyagirlprogram.com. Be happy to hear it.